house of God this morning. And uh, this campus is beautiful, but you are the icing on that cake. Amen. I, um, I came in prepared to preach on a certain topic. And then when I sat on the platform, I felt a little tug of the Holy Ghost in another direction. And I want to speak to you something that I believe that not, well, it's not just going to produce a shout. I, I, what I want to do for about 30 minutes is preach something that's going to change your life. So would you let me be a prophetic voice to you for 30 minutes and not do what may be typical? Amen. So I'll give a heads up to the wonderful people back in the media booth. Uh, Mark chapter 6, and I will read verse 35 down through verse 38 of Mark chapter 6. If you're a guest today, would you slip your hand up? Amen. Well, you're here. God bless you. We're going to give you a big hand clap because you took the time to come. (laughs) I... um, I thoroughly enjoy coming to minister at Grace. Your pastor and his wife continue to grow and to expand and to progress in the things of God. They have not fallen into a generational gap. They are putting attention and focus on different age groups in every facet of ministry, and you're assembling a great team. And what I like about it, it's homegrown. That's kind of what I want to preach on today. And with the help of the Lord... Uh, I'm going to get into this, and I've asked my brother to get a couple of quotes ready for me. That's how, that's how instantaneous it was, but uh, he was able to get his iPad out and, and, and find me what I needed. Um, great to have Marilyn here this morning, my wife. Would you give her a hand clap as well? Mark 6, verse 35, And when the day was now far spent... My prophetic senses are telling me that the day we live in is far spent. We are disconnected from reality. And while I still believe that there is blessings that the Lord is going to pour out upon us, that will be part of today's message, people in the Middle East are praying that we won't get caught up with complacency as they seal their salvation with the blood from their bodies. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place, and he probably knew that. And now the time is far past, and he probably was aware of the time. Send them the multitude away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Nothing to eat. He answered and said to them, you feed them. And they said, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, five and two fishes. Father, I ask you to speak a word to this wonderful body of believers that will challenge and change. And everybody said, amen. Now, before you're seated, would you just simply lay your Bible down and give the Lord about a 30 second thunderous round of applause.
Oh, that sounds good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My brother, could I borrow that? Could, would you open that iPad up and just have it so I can slide from one picture to another and, and then I'll quickly pass it back to you? I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be copacetic, neatly frame and arrange everything, and that'll just slide it to the right. Thank you so much. Will you help me for a few moments this morning? You may be seated. Right before our text, the crowd is so large that they, they can't eat. You cannot let the crowd dictate to you. You cannot become addicted to the affirmation of an audience. At some point, you have to pull away to take in so you can give out. Because you need to burn on, not burn out. If you lose all of your vital nutrients, you're not going to do anyone any good. There is an anointing in this house today. There, there is a consistent anointing at grace, but today there is a flow of the Spirit that I'm already tapping into. <clears throat> you see, there's no sin in having downtime if you're making good use of that. Sometimes we think that unless we're going full tilt, 100 miles an hour, that we're not making tracks. In the Old Testament, you were to plant and then reap your crops six years. On the seventh year, you were commanded by God to leave the soil alone to let it replenish. That's not Mother Nature. That's Father God. He created it. Man came from the dust of the ground, and therefore, his sequence is not six years. There are some who think that. But every six days, you will rest. And the Sabbath is not a suggestion. It is a command. You need to pull away to take in so you can give out. So they have taken him by ship to a desert place. There's just one problem. The crowd saw which way he went. <coughs> Mark said 5,000 men, but that's how you numbered households. Matthew explained it wasn't a men's conference. There were women and children. So therefore, without trafficking in hyperbole, the crowd easily could have reached fifteen, maybe 20,000 people in a desert place. And Jesus uses the analogy there like have sheep having no shepherd. And so therefore, he began to teach them. The disciples slipped into the flesh. There are always some who will slip into the flesh. And while the master is teaching, the words will go in one out the, in near, out the other because they're looking at natural things. And they're probably thinking what we don't need to read tomorrow on the front page of the Jerusalem Post is cult leader in the wilderness has a mass gathering and some people die of malnutrition. And so they remind him of the time and the lack of food because they had nothing to eat. And when they brought that topic to Jesus, reminding him of the place and the time and the lack of resources, he said, you go feed them. I have come to grace today not to tickle your ears or simply to tell you how good you're doing and you really are doing good. God has called you to feed central. 
God has called you to feed Zachary, Baker, and Baton Rouge and the state of Louisiana. And then if we cast our bread upon the waters, it'll go to the four-flung reaches of the world and we can actually bless the world. It's amazing to think that the people gathered here have been called with a mandate from God to feed this entire area. I know that it's still wonderful and you should never use the, lose the awe out of walking into this building. And once again, Marilyn said, look at it. It's so, it's so neat. Everything is in place. You're taking good care of this. And I know it's humbling, but please understand me when I tell you, this is not your destiny. And it's not simply prophesying to go and build an enormous edifice. No, it's about, it's about doing the will of God. Because money is not a commodity. It's time that's valuable. No rich man, no businessman on his deathbed ever made the statement, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. Because we all want more time. Everybody really wants to live. We want quality of life. But time is what's valuable. And the hour is late. I'm not being a doomsday prophet, but what is happening oceans away is going to happen in the United States. And that was born out a few months ago. It's been swept under the rug. But in Moore, Oklahoma, a barbaric act was committed. And I'm not here to try to pitch world religions against world religions, but I really do think that if this group was Christian killing other Christians and then killing Muslims in the masses, there would be an outcry. But for some reason, we're reticent. For some reason, we're looking the other way. We want to be politically correct or whatever. It really boggles my mind that the pulpits in America, save with the exception of a John Hagee, were moving away. Away from what is happening, and now there's over 300 taken captive, and who knows what their fate is. We don't have time to waste, and we certainly don't have time to kill, and we don't have time to have good church. We have to have real good church. We have to make hay while it's day for the night cometh when man cannot see to work. And the command of God is go feed them. Ladies and gentlemen, a coach is what you need because a coach will demand more out of you than you'll ever demand out of yourself. Tiger Woods even has a golf coach, and Tiger has pulled himself off the PGA Tour for a while so that he can go back and tweak his swing. If you're in it to win it, you have to have somebody who's demanding more out of you. And the sad thing about our movement is we continue at national conferences to preach to the choir. So, the command is, you go feed them. And I feel today, our response to that statement is exactly the way the disciples responded. Because, man, that's a tall order. Feed Baton Rouge spiritually. Have revival in the city. And their response was, they looked inward to the resources. And we do that. We look inward and we say, well, I don't have the budget to do that. Because when they said 200 penny worth to go buy the bread, that meant eight months wages. That's a lot of money because if you're making $50,000 a year, do the math on that. That's roughly $4,000 a month and you times that by eight. I mean, there you go. That's a lot of dough, mucho dinero to feed the crowd. And I feel that so many times we look at our resources and we say, there's no way in the world I'm able, but God knows that. 
And they said, we don't have the budget for this. And now I get to my point that I want to spend a few moments on this morning before we meet up here. He said, you feed them. They said, we don't have the budget. And then he said, because, you see, they thought they had to go elsewhere to find the resources. But Jesus said, no, don't send them off to 7 to 11. And don't shirk your calling because you don't have the resources. I want you to walk through the crowd and find out what is here. So therefore, I have come to grace today to find out what's here. I want to know who's sitting on these seats. I want to become a spiritual geologist and say, there's gold in them their seats. I want to see this audience transform into an army until everybody will volunteer for their calling. We've got this misconception about ministry because ministers who preach are the prominent ones and the ones always in the spotlight. I think that in our subconscious we think those are the most important roles. Absolutely not. There are Marys, there are Marthas. There are those who have the gift of hospitality. The psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And if we don't have you on board, we're not going to be 100% successful. No matter how well he preaches, no matter what new program you adopt and implement, unless all of you are on board, because if by chance God has deposited a gifting in you that could bless, and you're not willing to bring it and put it on the table, how in the world can we claim a high success rate? Therefore, I've asked my good brother to find me the quote from Benjamin Franklin from want of a nail. For the want of the nail, the shoe was lost. For the want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For the want of a horse, the, riser, the rider was lost. And for the want of a rider, the battle was lost. And for the want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. I want to slow down. I don't want to take advantage of your time. But I now am convinced I'm in the Holy Ghost. Because if I'm here in the will of God, if God predestined me to be here to minister on March 1st, 2015 at Grace, then if I would not have hated that calling, today would have been a deficit. Now, you can't prove a negative, but it would have been a deficit. And you see, this is what I feel. I feel that there are people here with baskets full of blessings, but they just don't have that appearance. They're disguised in very small quantities. There are talents here that could be perfected, giftings that could be anointed, anointed. And I feel the reason why you don't have a 100% volunteer rate is not because of rebellion or disobedience. I believe that everyone sitting here today cares about the lost. I believe everyone here wants Baton Rouge to become a better place. Everyone wants that. But I feel the problem is this. 
The master said, I'm going away. I'm going to give you five talents, you two talents, and you one talent. And a talent could have been several things. It could have been 100 pounds of gold or silver. That is, you know, within the definitions. But he wanted to return. And when he did return, one man doubled, the other man doubled. But the one given the one did not have a bad attitude. He did not have a chip on his shoulder and say, am I less than chopped liver because you gave him five, you two, but you didn't think me worthy of more than one. That's not what he said. His first words were, I was afraid. And I feel there are people here today, if I could just get you loose from inferiority, from insecurity, from your fears, your inhibitions, your timidity. It could be things that were attached to you like barnacles on the bow of the boat from your childhood that grew up with you and grew around you and took you captive. And you would love to be used of God, but you just can't seem to break free of that. So, I put myself into the center of the narrative, which is not good homiletics, but it'll bear out a purpose. You see, I'm the youngest of 19 children. As you've heard me say, more than likely, they didn't say, we can't stop at 18. My mom and dad. I had siblings who had abilities. I felt talentless. I was also the world's biggest nerd. I knew I would be a Paul the Apostle because who in the world would want to marry me? But I would fast and pray and God would speak to me and give me visions in the, the day and dreams at night. And, and I, would, I, I grew up listening to Shambach on the radio and I would go to camp meetings and conferences and tent meetings and I was, so, I was so hungry for the things of God, but I always exempted myself. Goodness sakes, I think it was my first youth camp or senior camp I was about to attend. And here I was, the world's biggest nerd, going to go off to senior camp. Well, I needed the proper clothes, so thank God my mother, great late mom, made me a suit. And it was green. And then I was going to need footwear, so I went over to Lloyd's side of the bedroom, and I snuck his brown vinyl dress boots, I'm not exaggerating, with a three-inch rubber heel. Put them in my overnight bag. I went to Eugene's side of the bedroom, or Clifford's, one of them, and I got their cologne. It was in a green bottle with a long neck. Not just Brute, Brute 33. I was going to need to be groomed, so I went to one of the I went to the girls' bedroom and found a, a hair comb, and it was, had that many teeth and a tail for making curls about that long, and I stuck that in the bag, and I went off to senior camp, and, and I walked out of the dormitory with a homemade green suit with those three-inch rubber heels slathered with Brute 33, and I looked like Kiss Destroyer. My greatest fears were I was going to be asked even in my home church, to pray over the offering or to testify or at the house to pray over the meal because I was that intimidated. All that time, I had a basket full of blessings. And it wasn't because I was narcissistic, self-centered, or self-absorbed, greedy, keeping it to myself. I just didn't see the value in what I had. So he said, go and see what potential exists in this crowd. I'm convinced there's a lot more here than what meets the eye. Who knows? 
There may be an anointed lyricist who gets revelations and inspirations from God, and all we have to do is kind of light a little fire and nudge you a little bit. There might be another great member of the worship team who just doesn't know it, but you're playing that guitar, playing the keyboards with your headphones on so no one can hear you back at the backside of your bedroom. Who knows? Who knows? But you're here with a purpose, and you're here on purpose. And today I'm hoping to call you out and to get you simply to bring what you have. Step out of the crowd. Don't be humiliated. Stop worrying about detractors and what they're going to say. You foolish person, you. What do you think one basket full is going to do for a crowd of 15,000? The psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to do all the tents of wickedness. Before I step a little bit further, I'm going to tell you the value of doing what you do with all your heart. So I'm referring to Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote, If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, Here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Whatsoever your hands find to do, do that with all your might. The person responsible for me being here is no longer here. She died in 1999, my mother. My mother never preached. My mother was very shy, well-kept, short, petite, didn't look like she had one child, let alone 19. But when father died, I refer to her more than my father. He was a saved man when he died, but he died 45 years ago this year. I was seven years old when he passed. Mother was 45 when I was born. But this woman who... Who, who felt the need to expose her sons and daughters to the supernatural would get gas money together and we would go off to camp meetings and so forth and she opened up a whole new world to us. That was her part. But if she would have kept that basket to herself, today would not be a reality. If for some reason... You make a decision to keep it to yourself. Someone is going to miss out on what God has called you to do. I say this in humility. I now believe that God can take any basket and bless it and do anything. So therefore, uh, a year and a half ago when, or a year ago when I was approached by a team of Christian business people who said, Mort, do you want to change the continent of Africa? My first response was, yes. Let's do it. That's ambitious. Right. That's a tall order. Exactly. 57 countries, 1.1 billion people. Exactly. But if you will step out of the crowd with your basket, things begin to happen. Are you going to live and die a timid person who is afraid of failure? What if I fall flat on my face? If you do, big deal. You won't be the last one who fails. 
And so I said, let's do it. So one of the things we're doing is to build a platform to preach to tens of thousands and millions of people. We are becoming a company that is going to take you renewable energy throughout the continent of Africa. Does anyone have an iPhone in their possession that they could hold up? There you go. Hold up good and high. See, what happens when you step out just in obedience, the miracles begin to happen. When Apple had to reconfigure their battery, the man who did it is now working for us. I refuse to live under that cloud of intimidation and surround myself with people who said, impossible, it cannot be done. i got to hurry up. So the boy made himself known and said, this is what I have. Jesus took possession of it. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Now, in the basket were five loaves of bread, but they were not 12-inch rolls from Subway sandwich shop. They were small crescent rolls. The two fish were not wicked tuna. They were not marlins. He was not walking with a backpack with a huge marlin tail going that way and one going that way. And No, 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 no. Not that. They were tiny fish that would resemble a smelt. Number two, since there were no igloo coolers or refrigeration devices, they were dried, cured to be preserved. It's amazing what God can do with dead, dry things. So what is in your basket and what is the condition of what's in your basket? Because here's the whole point. Your best is still not good enough. It would not have made a difference if they would have been wicked tuna. What are wicked tuna going to do with a crowd of 20,000? No matter how you look at it or slice it and dice it, it's still going to take a miracle of multiplication for everyone to get blessed. Even the most deft musician needs the anointing. Even the most eloquent orator needs the anointing. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wicketh in vain. It's not in by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You see, here's the deal. You're saying what you've got is not enough. But you can never have enough on your own. He just wants your availability, not your ability. So the boy stepped up and gave him everything he had. They didn't have to go elsewhere to get resources to feed the crowd. They didn't have to pawn their paychecks together and take eight months' wages and purchase enough bread for the crowd. There was something, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, for God to work with present in the crowd. That shy guy, youngest of 19 from eastern Canada, has traveled for over 31 years nonstop. 32 years of ministry and marriage. Been around the world more than once. 
Most recently, Santiago, Chile, in an awesome supernatural conference, Brother Tenny and I. And the night before I preached the, my last sermon, God gave me a dream, uh, the, showed me the Colosseum, showed me a dove flew into the Colosseum at an angle. And where the dove flew, the Lord said, right there, there is cancer, colitis, Crohn's, kidney disease. It was amazing. And so I went to preach. I said, the dove flew in here in a dream and flew at that angle. And when I pointed them out, the people... People with those conditions stood and the power of God began to heal. And then after that, it was Vienna, Austria. And now we just travel the world. And today, the chapter does not end with the timid youngest of 19 children sitting in Black Harbor, New Brunswick, eaten up with insecurity. I believe that God can do anything. So, one final thought, but before I get to it. So, one of the team leaders who approached me attends my brother's church. Been there for about three years. Fine young man, 48 years of age. My brother starts Sunday, 10 a.m., this cat shows up at 8.30. Why? I just want to greet people. I want to be here to make sure everything is set up. He's, 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 uh, unim- he's he, you can't pick him out of a crowd. He's, he's the element of surprise. You, there's so much more than what meets the eye, but such is the case with you. You're just not giving yourself credit. And so my brother finally got around to talking to this young man. He said, so what is your passion? He said, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a problem solver. I'm an inventor. I have 130 inventions. He said, really? He said, oh, yeah. With humility. He said, one of my inventions ended up on the space shuttle. It's on Bradley fighting vehicles and Sherman tanks. M- made millions of dollars, but you'd never know it. Because he doesn't call it money. He calls it talents. And he believes he has to be talentless when Jesus comes. He has to take it and give it. He, he, he believes that when he stands before Jesus, Jesus could look and say, what's wrong with you? You have another invention left in you. See, I've got to be careful. Because when I meet him, Brother Glenn, I've got to make sure there's not another book left in me. I don't want to dry up. I've got to finish this next thought. And I hope I'm, I, I left my watch up there. I hope I'm not taking advantage of your time. But a very personal story, very personal story, and I, I don't say this with any ulterior motive, but a few years ago, Terry Spears, T.F. Tenney's daughter, approached me and said, she said, I, I would like for you to t- you know, try to get Dad to stop traveling. And I said, I'm not going to do that. She said, why? I said, well, first of all, I'm not going to tell T.F. Tenney what he should do or should not do. Uh, number two, you want him to live? then let him live for what he lives for. Because if you shut him in that house, you're going to lose him quicker. Let him get up every morning and do what he's called to do. And if he dies in an airport, I know that sounds crude and crass, let's just bring him home, send him off with a celebration, because he'll go boots on in the saddle. And I do not want to waste my time. Here's the closing. This is what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus took from the lad, and then he looked up. 
Because the source of our blessing and our miracles comes from him. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness or shadow of eternity. And there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind from heaven. From heaven. Heaven is our source. We're looking across when we need to look up. And then he blessed it. There's nothing like having the blessing of God and the anointing of God and the approval of God on your life. There's nothing like it. But there was one more thing he had to do before he gave it. He broke it. And I know people who are blessed but not broken. The scent of the rose can only be fully, fully realized when it is crushed. You'll never taste the sweetness of wine without the crushing of the grape. That's not an easy process. But I promise you, people who bless are people who bleed because they're broken. Please do not squander your gifting from God. Please do not squander the hardship he has allowed you to pass through to make you and break you. Today, before the musicians come onto the stage and the singers pick up microphones, please, You don't have to make the decision how he's going to bless you and use you. Just make yourself available. That's all that you have to do. He'll do the rest. Because without you, without all of you, we'll never experience the rate of success that God has called us to do. So why not push aside timidity, insecurity, or some other thing? The enemy reminding you of past failures. And stand up in this house today. Literally. Now the musicians are coming back. Hallelujah. 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 A neat story. T.F. Tenney's pastor, George Glass Sr., was a young man many decades ago attending the first Pentecostal church in DeRitter. Very few parishioners owned a vehicle back in that day. And one church night... He walked several miles or a few miles to the church, and when he arrived, parishioners were standing on the outside because the person who had the key to unlock the door was at home sick in bed. George Glass made a very simple decision 
to run, I think, two miles one direction to the deacon's house, get the key, and then return and unlock the door. And, and when he unlocked the door, God spoke to him and said, because you have taken it upon yourself to do this, I put the key of leadership for this church in your hand. George became pastor of the church. So, what potential is in this crowd? What resources to bless multitudes are in here? I just need somebody with a tiny basket. I just basically am waiting on anyone who would walk up here and ask God to bless what he has already given to you. Come right in close. Come right in close. Forty minutes. Forty minutes that could change your life. Come right in close. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, I raise my hands high to the heavens. I open up my heart. Today, I want liberty from anything and everything that has impeded my spiritual progress. I really love you, God. If pastor approached me, I would do almost anything he requested. I don't have a disobedient or rebellious bone in my body. The thing that is responsible for holding me back is inward. It's not humility, God. No, instead, it's this insecurity. Because, I don't know, I just feel that preachers are the ones who really are the have the blessing of God on them. 
And of course, when you square that up with a few singers and musicians and maybe an assistant pastor, youth pastor. But today, I realize, I realize that you really have made a deposit and an investment in my life. I can't walk away from this crowd with a basket full. Well, I'd rather go hungry and be one of the hungry ones than I would to consume what I have. So today, my possessions are your possessions. I'm returning it today, Jesus. So here's the basket. Would you bless it? Would you break it? Would you multiply it? Hallelujah. I've got to... I've got to stand before you and say, it's empty. I used it. But I don't want to bury it because if you would have wanted it to be buried, you could have dug the hole yourself. And we know what happens to buried talent, don't we? Yeah, we know what happens. So today as a man of God, before I minister to the sick and so forth, I command the fear to leave you right now. I command intimidation to leave you right now. I command condemnation and guilt to leave you right now. You're being liberated. You are being liberated in the Holy Ghost right now. That's it. That's it. You are being liberated. 2015 is going to be a record-shattering year at grace. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. In Jesus' name. God this is a move of God today this is a move of God today hallelujah it continues it intensifies yes Yes! Would you gently put your hand on the shoulder of a neighbor? Pray the anointing down onto them. Pray the blessings of God and the favor of God down onto them. Ask God to bless what they've got. Ask God to multiply what they've got. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes! The day the audience became an army. Yes!
Can we, can we put some things in place to follow up from today's message? Without interfering with a schedule or any training or teaching sessions that are already, already on the calendar, I don't know, could, could, we, could we just somehow put thought into following up where we meet one-on-one and where we're, we discuss this, where you will come to the leadership team and say, I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm available. I'm available. Dr. Jack Hiles, for many years, pastored the largest Baptist church in the United States of America, uh, somewhere around Hammond, Indiana, outside Chicago. He hosted an annual conference on leadership that grew to the thousands, and a minister friend of mine from Florida flew up there to attend that conference, and he was late getting out of the large auditorium, and he missed his ride to the hotel, and he was standing there wondering what to do because the church is kind of in, a, in an obscure area. And a well-dressed gentleman, above 50, walked up and said, Can I help you? He said, Well, I've got to get back to the hotel. And I think the hotel was like an hour away. Something like that. The man said, Oh, it would be my honor and my privilege to drive you to the hotel. Oh, no, 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 no. He said, I will not take no for an answer. Please. He happened to be driving a very beautiful automobile, which intrigued my friend because in route on that one-hour drive, he said, what do you do for a living? He said, oh, I'm a, I think he said, I'm a neurosurgeon. Really? Yeah. And he said, well, where do you live? He said, well, I live about 45 minutes the other direction past the church. He said, so you're taking me an hour this way, and then you're going to come back. And he said, sir, every year, I take time from work to volunteer my time to do anything I can to help this conference be a success. Wow. One of the, another phase of our company is going to have clinics all over Africa. And we're going to have modern technology. Not only will we have access to medical personnel on the ground, but we'll have technology through Skype and different things where we can offer certain types of counsel and information and to help. And it, it didn't start last year. It started a long time ago when an insecure young man the nerd who looked like Kiss Destroyer was overwhelmed and overcome by the Holy Spirit. And I refused to sit back and stay on the sidelines and continue to exclude myself. I walked up and laid myself on the altar before God and I said, if you can do anything in Jesus' name. You've been a great crowd. Would you give him a big hand clap? I want to do this quickly. I want to begin to pray. Blood sugar can have 
several symptoms. It can spike or it can drop. When it drops, you get that hypoglycemic sinking feeling, that abysmal feeling. If you have that weakening feeling, would you raise your hands up? Jesus wants to touch you right now. Hallelujah. You, sis, have just been touched by God. Raise your hands up in the name of Jesus. There it goes. Are you raising your hand for it or are you just praising God? Just praising God. Well, you keep on praising Him. You go right ahead. Are there more with that same condition? Hallelujah. Come on over, good brother. Hallelujah. His name is Usher. I like your music. I'm joking. And here's his brother. Raise your hands up. Be healed of it completely. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. Were there more with that same condition? If so, raise your hands up. I don't want to miss anyone. Are you praising, Mama, or do you want me to pray for you? Well, I watched you praise him all through the service. Raise your hands up. There it goes. I'd like to keep praying for you if it's all right. Your legs, in the name of Jesus Christ, blood flow, blood move, blockages go, strength come in the name of Jesus right now by the power of the living God. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Did I get all of those conditions? Did I get all those conditions? Hallelujah. I, I, I have a troubling a troubling sensation. Uh, 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 something is troubling. You may have received the report from the doctor's visit or you may be waiting on it confused and concerned. And it could involve several things, but it also could, could involve anything from a sonogram to whatever. All I know is the Lord doesn't want you leaving, intimidated by it, or fearful of it. So if you'll raise your hand up right now, I'm going to speak a word of divine healing over you, and Jesus is going to touch you. Hold it up good and high so I can see it. He see, Raise your hand up, Mama. He sees you in this morning's crowd. He knows what thoughts are going through your mind. It's going to be all right. The power of God touches you right now. Be loosed right now in the name of Jesus by the power of the living God. Were there more that needed that same prayer? Hallelujah. Strength and restoration. Not worrying, not overly concerned. For yea, as Jacob said to Joseph and to Ephraim and Manasseh, the Lord who has kept me all of these years. 
Be touched right now by the power of the living God. Where there's some more wanting me to pray for them for the same thing. This has really broken out to a wonderful time of ministry and the gifts of the Spirit. There's a beautiful flow here. You know why? That's what happens when God gets just one basket. It's amazing what he can do with it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Isn't he wonderful? You know, I could say parent, but the Lord is telling me that I could as easily say grandparent. Well, that would imply a grandson or a granddaughter. And it could be, it could be something that would fall under the category of legal issues. Well, that could involve foster home, guardianship. It also could involve other consequences of the law. If that's touching a chord, if you'll raise your hand right now, I'm going to speak a word over your children and grandchildren right now. Raise that other hand up. Know this day that God has heard your prayer. They have come before God. God is going to adjudicate according to his wisdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak over it right now in Jesus' name. You had your hands up as well. Raise your hands up. By the power of the living God. That's power. That's power. To stay with the flow, I'm going to do this quite quickly. When I call out your condition, I want you to come and stand right here. Uh, I just stood in front of somebody. You have condition, a condition in your feet, your feet. You have symptoms in your feet. If you'll come forth, come forth. I also just stood close to somebody who has issues with sleep apnea. If you'll come forth. Hallelujah. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Hallelujah. Hypertension. Hypertension. Keep coming. Keep coming. Yeah, blood pressure that spikes. Keep coming. Keep coming. In Jesus' name, by the power of the living God. Keep coming. Keep coming. That's it. Keep coming right over. All manner of stomach ailments, chronic digestive conditions. Please keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, keep coming, keep coming. That's it, keep coming, keep coming. He's, he's blessing the bread and the, and the fish. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You that are here, would you raise your hands up right now? Say this, say, the, say the, the healing power of Jesus 
is flowing through my body. You just said it. You just spoke it. Say, today I'm being released. Now let me pray. By His stripes you were healed. By His stripes you were healed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command every sickness, affliction, ache, pain, and disease to come out of these bodies from your head to your toes. I command them to leave you now. Receive your sleep. Receive your rest. No more issues with pain. That's power. That's a new dimension that just came into grace. That's how you're going to build the fellowship hall. That's how you're going to feed Baton Rouge. There's a river of living water flowing out of your belly. It's like Ezekiel's temple. The water level raised until it went over the threshold. It went down into the trees, brought fruit, brought life. So today, we release life-giving water out of the well of your innermost being. Hallelujah. I would like to speak a word. I'm going to start praying for creativity to come. Creativity can affect in every facet. It can can influence musicians and singers, teachers, leaders, writers, and so forth. But it can also provoke entrepreneurship Yes. I have a friend of mine that works under Jimmy, 63 years of age. I'm having an influence on him. I'm inspiring him. Because I shared that much about what we're doing in the continent of Africa, it has inspired him. He's now thinking about patenting something himself, and I'm coaching him to do it. I want to influence him. I want to help make him successful. Because I volunteered for Africa and asked for nothing in return. I said, gentlemen, I want to help you fulfill your dreams. They said, what do you want? I said, nothing. And now I'm getting everything. Because Joseph helped three men fulfill their dreams before his was fulfilled and he had his dream first. If you want to go up, go down. If you want to live, die. If you want to win, lose. Pull yourself out of it and just say, how can I be of service? So right now, if you want to raise your hands up, it's entirely up to you. I'm asking the creator to bring creativity upon the hands of this crowd, into the hearts of this group. I speak creativity in the name of Jesus. Inspiration. Revelation. Direction. Entrepreneurship. Ha ah, 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 
Jesus' name. Oprah Winfrey is a billionaire who's had a terrible, terrible past. She has articulated things she went through. She refused to let them stop her. But history has somewhat hid a very special lady. Around 1900-1905, the first female African-American to become a millionaire happened in northeast Louisiana to Miss Breedlover. I think her name was Breedlove or something like that. I'll have to Google it. Sarah Breedlove, I think her name was. She had hair products. And in a time of heavy segregation, said, I'm going to love God. Doesn't matter who says or does what. I'm going to laugh all the way to the bank. And she believed in her gifting and became a millionaire. We sometimes use for an excuse lack of finances. No, that simply means lack of faith. We reflected and reminisced last night, Pastor, at the dinner table, my first trip. On a Saturday night, I think I spoke from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, on the gifts of the Spirit in that little house beside the little brick church in Baker. You've come a long way, baby. But the journey's not over. Vesta Mangan says, I've got a pulse. Richard Bach in Jonathan Livingston Seagull said, I paraphrase, your mission is not over while you have breath. Give him a hand clap today. Would you stand all over the house? Okay. Not just one service, right? This is the beginning, Amen. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. Amen. I stay on the road. 31 years staying on the road. I live by faith. In less than a minute, we receive a seed offering, and that's how we do it. There's no shakedown. There's no mental gymnastics that I try to get you to go through to get you to give. I just simply believe if you'll do your best, he'll do the rest. I always say $100, 50 20 10 If the Lord has moved upon you to give an amount that is a little bit above that 100 obey him. I'm not asking for it. Obey him. Please don't get your, don't get your pocketbooks just yet. I want you to turn around and look at me for one second. Okay. Before we do this, can we raise our hands to the heavens and with a loud voice show God gratitude 
that we are wealthy according to the standard of this world. We really are. Lord, I want to thank you. Before we give an invitation to sow the seed, I want to thank you for all of your blessings. I've got shelter. I've got clothes. I've got food. They don't concern me, Jesus. That's not the case around the world. And today I'd love for you to move over there in the Middle East. There are hundreds of Christians held captive. Lord, I pray that send a spirit of confusion on ISIS until they turn on each other. These demon-possessed people, these demon-possessed people, let them turn on each other. I speak chaos and confusion into the minds of members of ISIS. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the President, for the Congress, and the Senate to take a bold stand for Israel. To tell Iran, you're not going to get the bomb. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do you really feel grateful that God has put you in a position to sow into His kingdom? Do you really feel thankful to God that He has positioned you to be here to receive and then to sow it? If I kept the gifting to myself, I would cease to grow. If I keep what God has put in my possession to myself, it'll cease to grow. It's a fact. In less than one minute... Why don't you challenge yourself? Why don't you challenge your faith? Come out of your comfort zone and raise your hand and say, I'll sow a $100 seed in the offering. There's one. Anyone else? There's two. There's three. There's four. Anyone else going to do it? We're running out of time. God bless you. Quickly, quickly do it. 50 or 20, 10 or 5, put your hands up. Would you give the Lord a hand clap? The name of this church is Grace. So in a moment, don't write my name on the check. Put Grace on it. In a moment, you're going to get to retrieve your cash and your checks. But wait, is there someone who needs a financial blessing and you don't have money to give? Don't be embarrassed. Because you know what I do. I offer you the water, right? Because he blesses water. Okay. Would you raise your hand and pretend that you already have your offering in your hand? Just pretend it's there. Raise it high and say, Jesus, I'm sowing, and you're growing, and the harvest is coming. Okay, now with that hand raised, may the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob be upon you. In Jesus' name. Say, Brother Bustard, I will never be the same. Pastor receives the offering. Would you welcome him back? God bless you today. Our ushers are going to stand here at the front. If you want to return to your seat, retrieve your offering, bring it up. God bless you. Thank God for such an amazing move of the Holy Ghost today. Praise the Lord. God bless you today as you go back and get your offering today.